Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is David Murray. David Murray is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Viridian Staffing, a staffing agency specializing in cannabis employment. With a background in public policy, information technology, finance, and business development, David works with cannabis companies to identify and hire exceptional human talent. Welcome, David. Hey, Shango. So glad you could join us today. So, you know, this is a really hot topic because as normalization is sweeping across the United States, folks want to get involved. You know, they're moving from prohibition era interest in cannabis and and getting straight legal employment. And there's so many high hopes. Are the jobs really starting to appear yet? How fast is the cannabis jobs market growing? (laughs) Well, I've I've recently heard one person say, uh, you know, being in this industry is a lot like trying to drink out of a fire hose. It's coming a lot faster than a lot of us ever expected. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, yes, I mean, employment, uh, we are seeing the employment numbers rise quite rapidly, especially given given how many uh, states are in play at this point. In some ways, I would say that some aspects of the employment opportunities in the industry have been overstated. But overall, the trend is certainly in the right direction. And ultimately, you know, when you incorporate all aspects of the cannabis industry, including industrial hemp, adult use, uh, you know, the medicinal side, it will be well within the billions as an industry. Geez. So, so what kind of jobs are you finding people are hiring for? You know, from what I've seen, a lot of the new recreational companies, the, the upper executives are usually filled out by, you know, the entrepreneurs themselves. And then they tend to be hiring, uh, growers from either, you know, heritage growers or medicinal growers and bringing them into recreational and then, you know, trimmers and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of executives get hired yet, but I'm sure you have. So, so you know, what's the what's the array of jobs that that you're seeing people hiring for? What are they coming to you for? It is definitely across the board. We do see people coming to us for for trimmers, for packagers, for a lot of the stuff that you would expect that is direct cannabis related. However, there is actually been a fair amount of people looking for business partners and C level executives. We've done several placements in terms of like CFOs, chief operating officers, and like you suggested, a lot of the middle management, say your proverbial master grower, someone who can manage people, retail locations. But I think one of the things that gets lost 
in the coverage of the cannabis industry and people's understanding of the cannabis industry is that these are businesses and they're complex businesses and there's a fair number of ancillary companies that serve the industry as well, many of which are our clients. So people would be very su- often surprised to find out that their skill sets are relevant to the cannabis industry, even if they have no hands-on experience with the cannabis industry prior to legalization. Uh, these companies need the same type of support as any other company does, you know, be it sales, marketing, uh, social media. Almost anyone can find a home in this industry if they're willing to put in the time and the effort. Are you finding that that because these jobs are so wanted by so many that they're being paid a little lower than than they would in other industries? That that is actually an excellent point, and I'm glad you raise it. Yes, that is that is one of the aspects of the industry that, frankly, I believe has been overblown. Yes, there is a lot of money being made uh, by these companies, but what people are not understanding quite yet is that. It is very much a startup industry, and it is a very highly taxed industry. So just because you're seeing millions of profit, or not profit, but revenue being reported, profits are not very high. In fact, many companies, even the more successful ones, are, are a lot of them are just getting by. Uh, very few, are, are I would say, are doing really well at this point, although they're poised to in the future, especially as laws and taxation uh, gets reformed in a way that helps the industry succeed. But in terms of wages, yes, many of the people that we have placed at best can expect to make what they are making in their traditional industry. Many of them, in having an opportunity to get their foot in the door on the ground floor of this industry, are often expected to take a temporary step down in terms of what they're accustomed to making or their benefits for the long-term upside potential, which we do believe is is there. But yeah, a lot of people, we've had people come to us that are interested in placement. Then when we review the actual particulars of the position, even if it's a C-level executive position like a CFO or a chief operating officer, we've had a fair number of people bulk at what a lot of these companies are willing to pay. Right on. Well, a lot of the folks who are interested in working in cannabis, you know, they're coming over from working in cannabis during the prohibition era. And, you know, this brings up a lot of questions when people are doing their first cannabis resume, right? Because usually they're used to not talking about their work in cannabis. It was illegal for so long. And then now suddenly they're supposed to crow about it and, and, and really flaunt all the experience that they have. And, you know, a lot of people are real hesitant to do that. What advice can you offer to folks who are creating a, a cannabis resume and how to blend that cannabis experience with the, the, the information that they would normally put on a resume so that when it all comes together, it looks good to, to you know, the kind of folks that, that bring you, that, that hire you to find people for them? Well, that, that too is an excellent question and a testament to your, your understanding of where the industry is at. Uh, it, it, this was so much... This is one of the biggest questions we've uh, received early on and often to this day, so much so that my uh, my business partner actually created a blog entry on our website 
speaking to this exact issue, but to just encapsulate what she had said, generally speaking, no matter what industry you're you're looking at, it's it's intelligent to have resumes that are targeted to each industry. So many of us, especially this day and age, we have multiple jobs in multiple industries. And depending on how we're trying to position ourselves for, you know, the next thing, it's it's smart to target that experience to what you're looking for. So when it comes to the cannabis industry, it's no different. We definitely advocate that people create a cannabis industry specific resume. If somebody's trying to work on the cultivation or retail side of it, absolutely you want to highlight any experience you have in in the cannabis industry even if it was prior to legalization. Many times we see people who had experience in medical marijuana which even to this day is has a, like a quasi legal status we do encourage the inclusion of that information but uh you know another aspect of of this of this overall question is what state are you coming from what state are you in we've had applicants who have been doing cannabis for some time in states where it is still very much illegal and we've one of the things we've we've had to deal with is that they are understandably nervous about transmitting documents over the internet that you know detail what they've been up to often including photographs and stuff of that nature i mean obviously and unfortunately this day and age you really can't have certainty that anything you transmit over the internet is going to be private or not going to be reviewed by somebody at a federal level. So the best we've been able to do where that's concerned is have that information sent through very high encryption to protect those people because the last thing we would want to see is somebody get in trouble for what we consider, frankly, to be legitimate civil disobedience in states where it is not yet recognized. (laughs) Right on, right on. Well, thanks, David. We need to take a short break. We will be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. 
Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Los. And with us this week is David Murray from Viridian Staffing, an employment agency specializing in cannabis employment. So, David, before the break, we were talking about how the cannabis industry is booming and, and so many people are, are both looking for work and other folks are getting work. So that's great. And, and then we also talked a little bit about how, um, you know, people should feel confident in putting their cannabis industry experience on their resume because that's what folks are looking for. Well, there's so many people who are looking for work in cannabis, and we talked before the break about how people should expect to make a little bit less than they normally would because it's a startup mentality. What have you seen as far as like working conditions go? Because in the prohibition era, you know, there were a lot of poor working conditions, you know, lack of ergonomic spaces to work, people working in secret. What are you seeing now? Are, 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 are these companies providing pleasant work environments, generally speaking? Yeah, that's that's also a great question. I, you know, this is one of the main reasons we got involved in this industry in the first place. Is we knew if if cannabis as an industry was going to succeed and get out of that pariah status that it has had for so long, that companies would have to start taking things like labor law and working conditions seriously. And I'm pleased to say we've seen a lot of progress on that on that front. Most of the newly legal companies we've seen um, have had uh, working conditions that are comparable to to other industries. We haven't heard too much in terms of poor working conditions. You do hear the occasional complaint of um, you know sexual harassment or some of the other aspects of the you know the pre-legal cannabis industry that are taking their taking a while to change culturally but overall the trend has been in the right direction and to the extent that companies are still trying to understand the new paradigm and how to operate above board and legally and with respect to basic labor law and their state agencies we've been able to help bring those employers up to speed. 
I would imagine that some of what you do for these folks is actually doing a like a little bit of hands on HR too, because you know I've I've toured a lot of companies at this point, and, and I have yet to meet a dedicated HR person because these are startups and they've got limited payroll, and so you know a lot of the the nice soft skills that you get with an HR person just aren't there. And a lot of these entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, they're kind of brusque. So I, I would imagine that they, they lean on you sometimes for figuring out some of these problems for them. Would I be right in that? Yes, absolutely. That's, uh, that's one of the, the main things we provide. We're always happy to answer questions over the phone or, you know, simple answers to simple questions. If thing if we need to go into additional depth on a given topic, we are happy to do so. We do provide human resources uh, consulting both directly and through strategic partners in different markets, people we with experience that we trust to shepherd companies through that period that you describe before they have the resources to dedicate to full internal human resources departments. Many benefit from having an outside contractor who they can lean on when necessary. You know, one of the ways traditionally that workers' rights have been protected in the U.S. has been through unionizing. And there are already folks unionizing in different states to protect themselves and to do, you know, group bargaining and to make sure that their work environment is safe and things like that. What are your thoughts about that? Because you know, on, on one hand, you know, organizing to, so that you can, you know, get better benefits and things like that is good. And on the other hand, people who are coming from the prohibition era growing times, you know, they don't really want anybody bargaining for them at all. You know, they're, they're very kind of independent folks. So, so what are you seeing happening as far as unionizing goes? Well, yes, you're absolutely right. You are seeing the effort to unionize many sectors of the industry. And the unions, in many ways, being treated as strategic partners to a lot of the reform organizations that are trying to make sure that legalization takes hold in different markets. Obviously, they have a lot of political power, and in different states and different instances, they have been good strategic partners to the industry. As far as people embracing, uh, the unionization of the industry. I do know for a fact that several companies, uh, particularly in Washington, have actually embraced the union of the you know by their own choosing, without it having to have come from the workers themselves. As a company, you know we we don't take a position on it one way or the other. We do believe that the the best thing a company could do is to pay livable wages, have good relationships with their with their people, create a working environment that that people enjoy being in and create basically create a good employer brand so that their company will attract and retain the best talent possible. But unfortunately, again, because there are so many that are coming out of the old paradigm and not all of them have been good players historically, What's nice is that the unions can put pressure on the companies that are lagging behind these standards to to come into compliance with, with labor law, working standards, avoiding things like sexual harassment. And in that sense, 
we definitely see their participation as a positive. What I would say to, and what I do say to cannabis employers that express trepidation at the idea of the unionization of the industry is that if they are a good player, they really don't have much to fear from union participation. If anything, what the union does is make sure that companies that are trying to cut corners and maybe save money by you know, giving short shrift to their workers in terms of pay or overtime or working conditions or whatnot, that would actually put a good player at a strategic disadvantage. So for the good player, the participation of the unions can actually be a benefit. Right on. Well, David, we're going to take another break. Uh, you are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. We will be right back. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shangolos, and with us today is David Murray, founder and COO of Viridian Staffing, a cannabis employment agency. So, David, before the break, we were talking about you know all the folks who are wanting to get into these jobs, and and we were leaning into how they can go about doing this. So, you know, there's 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 lots of ways to get into these jobs. I mean, sometimes you just have to know somebody, and your friend starts a business, and so he hires you, and that's kind of easy, and then 
there's companies like yours that are placing folks. So, so folks will send you their resume and have a conversation with you, and then you go out and try to help them find a job. And then there's the folks that you know do it the the arduous way, which often wins, where they they just target their favorite cannabis companies and reach out to them. Well, you know, what are you seeing is working for folks? I mean, what what avenues are having the most success? And for for people who earnestly want to do their best, what do you recommend that they they try to do to get one of these uh, very valued cannabis positions? Well, first, let me let me express the limitations of what we do and, and give a slight correction to to the description of Viridian as an employment agency. In some ways it is. Yes, we do, um, we do place people in the cannabis industry. But we would be more accurately described as a recruiting agency for the cannabis industry, I which see. means that we help companies fill key positions. An employment agency typically will help job seekers find work. Uh, it's it's just a matter of who you're working for. In our case, we work on behalf of the employer, and as a result, as I said, we do place many people, you know, in in all sectors and in all levels. From the dot com um, era, that seems sounds more like what we used to think of as headhunters or executive search people. Exactly, and we that's that's largely what we do. It's it's mostly middle to the top of the food chain. Historically, we are seeing more. Uh, of the low-level positions or the entry-level positions, if you will, coming on board as well, particularly as we provide more temporary staffing services as well. But most of it has been, you know, middle management to executive headhunting direct placement. So with that said, we are, you know, one of one of the headaches we have is we've met so many wonderful and deserving people in the industry or wanting to get into the industry or to advance themselves in the industry. And, you know, the only opportunities we have are the ones that our clients give us. So, so what's there's the best always thing more that they talent can do? than there are positions. So what's the best thing that they can do to get one of these jobs? What, what strategy? So let's boil it down. Let's say that you had a friend and they said, you know, David, I really want to get into this thing. And you're talking with them, uh, you know, you know, over dinner or something, and you're going to distill it down to exactly what they should do. What would you tell them? Right. Well, first and foremost, yes, absolutely do apply with us. If we do find a match for you, we will be happy to set up an interview and ideally put you in front of an employer. And coming through an agency that, you know, cuts through, you know, cuts through a lot of resumes and, and simplifies the process for an employer, coming with that recommendation means a whole lot to employers. But I would say anyone who is very serious about getting into the in- industry, and I say this to everyone, do not depend entirely on us or anyone. Get out there and network, network, network. And what I mean by networking is join organizations, both business organizations and activist organizations that are pushing the envelope on cannabis. I would particularly recommend those that are run by and for and in the interest of their members because um, there are a fair number of organizations, if you will, or companies that have sprung up to basically capitalize on the hopes of job seekers like many of the people listening to this podcast 
that aren't necessarily the best avenues to meet people who can put them in a position. So, 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 okay. So we've got number one network, get out there and connect with folks. And then number two, do your, do your resume and have it, have both your cannabis information and your regular information. And then, and then third, uh, reach out to a, uh, a recruitment company like yours so that you also have professionals working for you. Exactly. I would, I would basically take every opportunity available to you. I I would say one one bit of caution or a caveat to that suggestion, and this is again true in any industry, you do not want to appear desperate and one of or or to contradict yourself. So people often are, you know, refining and improving their resume. You might be doing some temporary work that that in, directly in the industry that you want to include. If you are going to post your resume up on on different sites, make sure you remember where you did so and think strategically about where you put it up because if you get too many resumes with your name floating around and especially if if those those resumes differ from one another, that can be a red flag to employers and agencies. So be selective in, in how you put yourself out there and make sure to keep your resumes and profiles up to date so you appear consistent and you don't appear to be desperate. Right on. That's really good advice. And it's probably a good idea to remember where you put it so that you can remember to take them down once you have a job. <laughs> exactly. And some people will, a lot of people will find work in the industry. Some people won't. And they may not want their, you know, their name or contact information directly associated with this industry sad to say it's it's going to take it's probably going to take a generation even from now before it doesn't become a liability for working in other industries which brings me to one to a, another thought is a lot of people do assume aliases in the industry for that reason if you do so do be upfront about that with employers and that you know if you're using an alias it's it's just so you know, another uh, employer in the future in another industry that may not have as much understanding or respect for our industry doesn't penalize you for your participation or interest in this one. Right on. Well, thanks for chatting with us, David. I've enjoyed it, and hopefully you have helped some folks uh, get the dream job they've been looking for. Thanks, David. Thank you, Shango. David Murray is founder and COO of Viridian Staffing. You can find the Gontrepreneur.com podcast right here on the Cannabis Radio Network website. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple iTunes Store, or you can listen and read the interview transcripts on our home website at Gontrepreneur.com. Thanks a bunch to Brasco for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Lopes. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. <laughs>